Welcome to the Life Fellowship Ministries International Broadcast. Our mission is to develop, maintain, and model personal intimacy with Jesus Christ. And now, join us for the Life Fellowship Experience. Today's topic is actually on authority. Um, one of the def- or a couple of definitions of authority is the power or right to give orders, the right to govern, the freedom and ability to act and enforce obedience. And uh, I want to talk a little bit about Matthew 28, 18 through 20. You know the scripture probably by heart. We've talked about it hundreds of times probably. But Jesus came and told his disciples, I've been given all authority in heaven and on earth. He said, therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. He said, teach these new disciples to obey all the commandments that I've taught you and know that I'll... And, uh, and know that I'll be with you till the ends of the age. But I want to look at the first part of this, this passage where Jesus is talking to the disciples after he has been raised from the dead, and he's soon going to be ascending to be with the Father. And he says, I've been given all authority in heaven and on earth. And I think many times when we read through the Scriptures, we just kind of read through, and, and we don't stop to think about what the Lord is actually saying, what the Word is saying sometimes. This Greek word for authority is exousia. <laughs> and uh, it means the power or ability to do something. And so Jesus is saying, I have all authority in heaven and on earth to do something. It can also describe the right to exercise authority or rule. So Jesus not only had or will have, but he has all authority and rights to all power. All power. Have you ever thought about what that could really mean? Uh, I mean, uh, uh, what was it on Friday night or Thursday night? We had the storm blow through. And we see the power of the wind and the rain. And living here on the coast, we certainly know what it's like to go through a hurricane or tornado. But he has all power. Not only in the physical realm, but also in the spiritual realm. And we sang about it today. No shame, no guilt, no shame, no fear, no grave. You know, uh, we're no longer slaves to sin and to fear. So he has rights to all power. He has all rights to give orders in heaven and on earth. He has all rights to make decisions. He has all rights to enforce obedience. We know that the word says that one day Satan and his minions, the, the demons, will be cast into the lake of fire. So they will, they will suffer the consequences for what they've done. He has the rights to delegate authority. And that's what, kind of what I'll be talking about today, that he has all authority and we have authority. That he's delegated to us. My first point this morning is true authority is greater than power. I'm not talking about manipulated authority. I'm talking about true authority is greater than power. And uh, a number of years ago, before we moved to the Houston area, uh, Pastor Christine was telling me a story that uh, Pastor Don, our pastor in Corpus, had just taught on spiritual authority. And uh, we had a hotshot delivery service before we moved here. And so she was making a delivery in Houston, pulling a trailer with a truck, and uh, I know this is going to be a surprise to you, but they were having construction on the highway. <laughs> and, uh, 
And so they were routing people off the freeway onto the, one of the side roads. And she said that they were slowing the traffic down. There were 18-wheelers. Everybody was getting off, off the freeway onto the side road. And there was a, a, a police officer. Uh, motorcycle police officer and she said he had on the boots and he had on the, the glasses and the helmet and the typical uh, motorcycle police officer and he had a radar gun and so she drove through I don't know if it was an intersection or what but she drove past and she noticed that in her rearview mirror there was an 18-wheeler that was coming behind her fairly quickly and so anyway she noticed that the police officer stepped out in front of the truck and goes like this and that truck stopped now I don't know why he was stopping the 18 wheeler maybe he was speeding or whatever but the point was is the Lord was showing her this is a great example of power versus authority because that truck had the power to run over and crush that police officer right but the police officer had the authority he had the true authority now we're talking about authority, so every one of us have some level of authority. And you may have power to do something, but not have the authority. <laughs> um, for instance, you may go to your boss and say, hey, look, I, I'd like to try something different. I know we have these process or these protocols, but what do you think about doing this? And so your boss may say, hey, that's a great idea. Let's go for it. So you had the power before. But now you have the power and the authority. And so some questions that I want to ask you this morning to consider. How do you handle the authority given to you? Do you steward your authority well? Do you take advantage of your authority? Ha! Now I have the opportunity to manipulate the situation or this person. No, 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 Mark. I gave you permission to do this, not that. Not to take the whole week off with pay. <laughs> so are we understanding our responsibility with authority? Now, you've heard me say that I want to have a ta moment from time to time, right? And that means where I'm transparent, authentic, and honest. So today, we all get to have a ta moment. All right? So I want you to be transparent, authentic, and honest. Have you ever thought in your mind or in your heart, or have you ever said, well, it's easier to ask forgiveness than permission? Now raise your hand if you have. How many are lying today? Okay, don't lie in church. Have you ever thought that? Well, it's easier to ask permission than forgiveness. I mean, it's easier to ask for forgiveness than permission, right? Well, when you say that, you're thinking, okay, I probably don't have the authority to do this but I'm going to do it anyway, and then if I get in trouble, I'll just, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't know. Well, that, that's a reflection of our heart, where we are trying to maybe manipulate a situation or manipulate a person, and it's better to ask for, for permission first, right? So we're talking about authority here, but do we ever do that with the Lord? Do we have this attitude, well, it's easier to ask forgiveness and permission. Well, I know the Bible says this, and I know I'm not supposed to do that. And I prayed about it, and I don't feel a release from the Lord. Or, or how about this one? I'm not going to pray about it because I don't want to know what the Lord says. I, I've already made up my mind I'm going to do it. So do we do that with the Lord? Have you ever done that with the Lord? 
Come on now. We're still having a tall moment here. All right, thank you for that honesty. And then you find yourself in a jam, and you're like, Lord, help me. <laughs> what have I done? I know I've done that. And uh, there have been some times when I'm like, Lord, I didn't pray about this. I didn't seek you. And uh, it's, it's been costly. It's been a costly mistake. And sometimes the Lord has been gracious and delivered me from that. But sometimes I have to walk through it. And those are great lessons. I remember that time we did that. And we didn't seek the Lord. And many times we see in the Bible where the leaders, they, they sought the Lord. Should we go to battle? Should we not go to battle? How do we go about this? And the Lord would say things like, send the praise and worship team out in front of the warriors and I'll do battle for you. Send those guys out with the skinny jeans and the blue jean jackets and the funky hair. Really? Seriously? And God would move powerfully. And so the point is that we need to seek the Lord about things. Now, I'm not saying you need to ask him what kind of hamburger you need to buy or anything like that. But when it comes to major decisions, because he has all authority in heaven and on earth. And as I shared with you a couple of weeks ago, there's a situation that I've been praying about that I've been a little perplexed about. And the Lord said, don't worry about it. I'm working behind the scenes. Because he has all power and all authority. We don't. We think we do. And I know there have been times I've tried to help out the Lord. Well, Lord, you know, we need to buy some land, and, and the land over here is cheaper than it's going to be. I'm just trying to help you out here. And he didn't open those doors, but look at the property that we have now. He allocated that to us. But he had a plan. See, he has a plan, and he has a purpose, and he's working behind the scenes, and he has all power and authority. And what the Lord told me was that he could have allocated that property to any church, but he's designated it for us. So uh, we, need to, we need to understand the power and the authority that God has. Another example, we need to replace our fence at our house. And so the Homeowners Association says that you have to submit an application, you have to submit a plat of your property, you have to give them a detailed example of the fence and all that. And I'm like, I'm not going to do all that. This is my fence. I'm paying for it. And then I think, okay, well, this is what they want. So I'm going to acquiesce and, and uh, submit all these things. Now, they have a purpose for that because they, they have a standard and expectation in the community so that somebody doesn't put up a, a rickety offense or, you know, something that, that doesn't fit with the community. And so there are things like that that we have to do or that we should do because, you know, God has planted all authority. And uh, so, anyway, let, let's move on here. Consider that you are part of God's family. You have permission and access to use Jesus' authority and the authority that he has given to you. Not necessarily the authority that he's given to someone else, but what authority has God given to you? And are we using that authority? We have some authority. So my first point is true, true authority True authority is, get, is greater than power, and you have access to the Lord's mighty power. Paul is writing to believers in Ephesians 1, 18-23, and he says, I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light. Not just a little bit of light, but flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope he has given to those he's called. Now, if, if we have a relationship with Christ, 
If we've invited him into our life, are we called? Yes, he's called us. We have a relationship with him. But let's look at this confident hope. This phrase, confident hope, means looking forward to something with confidence. Another way we can look at this is with expectation. So he's given us this confident hope. He's given this, us this expectation. Um, and maybe sometimes I think we think of this word of hope being like wishful. Well, I wish instead of, you know, or we may say something like, well, I hope that Jesus will return one day. No, we know from the word we have this confident hope. We know that we have a confident expectation that Jesus will return one day. So it's not a mamby-pamby, well, I hope. It's no, I have this confidence because of what God's word tells me, what Jesus has said, what the Holy Spirit is speaking to me. We can walk in confidence in him. He gives us confidence, secured, promised hope and expectation not this wishful thinking stuff so let's read this again i pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope he has given to those he called his holy people who are his rich and glorious inheritance again when we read these scriptures are we kind of are we really reading what the Word says? Or do we kind of have our own thoughts on what this means? Now, we all know what an inheritance is. You have a, a, a rich great aunt that dies and she leaves you something and she leaves your cousin this and your sister that and, you know, your other cousin this over here. But this is not what, what the Scripture's talking about. He's not talking about an inheritance are a part of an inheritance. He says, we are his rich and glorious inheritance. We are the inheritance that he's receiving. So it's not the sun and the moon and the stars and us, or it's not this and that and the other. It's us. We are his great and glorious inheritance. Listen, I think we need to understand how God sees us. That when we come into this relationship with him through Christ, Man, this thing is, is huge. We are his inheritance that he's looking forward to. So he, he, Paul goes on to write here, I also pray that you will understand the incredible, incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe him. Incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe him. You know, you notice it doesn't say for those who believe in him. It says for us who believe him. There are people that say, well, you know, I believe in Jesus. I believe that he was fully man and fully God. I believe that he was born of a virgin. I believe that he came to this earth. I believe that he died on the cross for all of our sins. I believe that he rose on the third day and is seated in heaven. And one day will return. That's great. We need to believe in him. But do we believe him? <laughs> Many believe that believe in him, but do we really believe him? He said it. I believe it. Because why? Because he has all authority in heaven and on earth. 
If he said it, I can't believe it. As a believer, as a Christian, we should believe it. So my first point is true authority is greater than power. You have access to the Lord's mighty power. And my third point is walk in your God-given authority. If you've been given authority, walk in it. You know, don't, don't use your authority to manipulate or, or, or uh, do more than what God has given you authority to do. But walk in confidence. Walk in fullness. Only a person with legitimate authority can give legitimate authority. So, again, he has all authority. So Jesus is legitimate in dispensing or allocating authority. And he can legitimately give us authority. Now, sometimes when we go out to the restaurant, I like to have fun, and, and we'll be leaving the restaurant or whatever. I'll open the door for my wife or our guests, maybe. And there'll, there will be other people coming in. And I'll say, hey, welcome to whatever restaurant. Your meal is on the house tonight. Get whatever you want, and they kind of chuckle, and they go on in. Now, I have the power to say that, but I don't have any authority. <laughs> And they know that. I don't have a name tag on or anything like that, right? So they're saying, oh, this guy's just being silly. But we can say things, but do we have the power to back it up? And when we apply the word of God to our life, now we have the authority because the word says we can do all things through Christ who gives us strength, right? We can live in victory. We don't have to to submit to our flesh. We can walk by the power of the Spirit. I had a co-worker one time, and uh, Steve Paulman would probably know exactly who I'm talking about, but uh, we shared a laboratory for a while, and when you walk into most of the labs, they, had, they would call it a bench, but really it wasn't like a bench you sit on. It's like a countertop. And so as you walk in, there would be a sink on either side, typically, and you would have shelves between the sinks that you would share. And then each person would have uh, walk-in hoods or hoods behind them. And so you kind of had your own half of the laboratory. And one day I walked in, and my lab mate had made a mess, and he said, you need to clean that up. Well, I'm not your mama. <laughs> I'm not your slave. No, you made the mess. You cleaned it up. Now, you treat me with a little respect, and, and I may help you. But he didn't have the authority to tell me to clean up his mess. And I could tell you a number of stories about this gentleman, but I won't. <laughs> the Lord uh, was using that man, I think, to help build my character. <laughs> and, uh, and fortunately, uh, eventually, I went to my boss and I said, Hey, uh, you know, maybe it's time for me to move to another lab and let somebody else feel the love in, here in this, this lab. But anyway... Um, you know what? Satan does that, though. Satan will come to us with authority that he does not have and try to, you know, say that he has the authority or that he is the authority. He has no authority over you. He, he may tell you things like, well, you've got to perform to earn your salvation. Or he may tell you, you know what? Jesus really doesn't love you. How could Jesus love you? And I hate the enemy because he will bait us. You know, Jesus said in John 10.10, 10, you know the scripture, the thief has come to steal, kill, and destroy, but I've come that you would have abundant life, Jesus said. 
So Satan will try to bait you. He'll try to trick you. Oh, go ahead and do it one more time. And then all the condemnation. Oh, look what you did. And he tries to get us in this vortex of lies and unbelief that he doesn't have the authority to place us into. And how many times have we took the bait, hook, line, and sinker? But he doesn't have that authority. What we need to do is go back to the word and say, what is the authority of your word, Jesus? Because you have all authority. It's not even what I tell myself sometimes. Oh, man, you're an idiot. Why did you do that? Wait a minute. Jesus, the word tells us I'm not an idiot. I'm his what? His masterpiece, his prized possession. And I have an inheritance. I can walk in dominion and power and authority that's been truly allocated to me. I don't have to acquiesce to the flesh. Come on, man. We, can, we need to take some authority over our lives, the authority that God has given to us. And when that nasty flesh begins to try to pull us down tracks, like, no, no. I've shared with you numerous stories. And uh, the one that comes to mind right now is when I was, the, one of the first times I did an extended fast, I think for like nine days, and I went into the HEB grocery store to buy some food because we didn't have any food. You know, we've been fasting. And, and I walk around the corner, and there's the hostess cupcakes in the box. And my flesh is like, rip it open. Just eat one. You can pay for it at the counter. And I'm like, shut up, flesh, or you'll go another week. We have to sometimes just take authority over our flesh and say, no, no. I'm going to walk by the Spirit and not succumb to the flesh. And I was telling somebody recently, they were telling me about some struggles they were having. And I said, you know what happens when we can get out of this place where we're uh, succumbing to our flesh? It's like there's hooks in us that are pulling us. And as we begin to resist those things, the word says resist the devil and he'll flee. As we begin to resist those things, those hooks begin to relax. And we don't have that same draw into those things. And so there's something that God does in our hearts and lives as we yield to him and we yield these things to him and we begin to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit and not in our flesh. So we have, verse 19 says, we have legitimate access to God's great power. I also pray that you will understand the incredible, not just greatness, but incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. The same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead lives in you. Now he is far, talking across here, now he is far above any ruler or authority or power or leader or anything else not only in this world, but also in the world to come. So we can walk in that, that power now. We have the power of the Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us. And you know what that's like. No, don't go there. Don't, don't call that number. Don't go to that website. Are we listening? Are we hearing? Are we really listening? Are we obeying? And, we're, and, and, and determining that we're going to walk in the power of God and not in our own fleshly power. God has put all things under the authority of Christ and has made him head over all things for the benefit 
of the church. We are the church. He's put all things under the headship of Christ for the church, for us. Jesus is looking out for his church. And the church is his body. It is made full and complete by Christ who fills all things everywhere with himself. So when we walk into HEB, when we walk into the car dealership, Christ is with us and we have authority. We don't have to allow uh, others to manipulate us or we, we can walk in the power. Now please hear me. Let's not walk in arrogance, but let's walk in confidence. There's a difference. where we are walking in the true authority that God has given us. And we're not taking advantage of that, or we're not trying to take authority that doesn't belong to us. So we have to know what authority God has given to us to be able to walk in that. And so we find that in the Word. We find that in what Jesus says that we can do, who we are called to be. And one of the greatest things that we can understand is that, that God really does love us. That God really does have a plan for us. Because there are a lot of people probably sitting in churches today that don't know that. Well, I know He loves them, and, but does He really love me? Yes, He really loves you. And yes, He really wants to allocate authority. Now, He, he may give us different levels of authority. But as we're faithful in the small things, He'll give us more. And His Word promotes this principle and truth that you cannot be in authority until you learn to be under authority. And we see examples of that where the centurion or, or the Roman soldier would come to him or someone would come to him and they'd say, look, I have authority, but Jesus, I know you have authority. You can heal. Just say the word and they're healed. You don't have to go there because you, they understood authority. Because they were in authority and they say, hey, if I tell this person to do this, they go and do it because of my authority. But I know you have more authority and you can, you can speak the word and my child will be healed. You don't even have to go there. And Jesus is like, wow, what great faith. What great understanding. So do we have that same uh, uh, understanding in our lives that Jesus has all authority? Now, he doesn't always do everything that we want him to do necessarily. But he has all authority, and we need to walk in the authority that he's given to us. And the church is his body that is made full and complete by Christ who fills all things everywhere with himself. God has given us authority and power. <laughs> you can go out and live it. True authority is greater than power. You have access to the Lord's mighty power. Tell your neighbor, you have access to the Lord's mighty power. Come on, say it again. You have access to God's mighty power. Put a little attitude with it. <laughs> Walk in your God-given authority. Luke 10, 17 through 20. When the 72 disciples returned, they joyfully reported to him, Lord, even the demons obey us when we use your name. Because they understood the authority of the name of Christ. Yes, he told them. I saw Satan fall from heaven like lightning when Satan was kicked out of heaven. Look, I have given you authority 
over all the power of the enemy, and you can walk amongst, among snakes and scorpions and crush them. So Jesus is not just talking about uh, snakes and scorpions that we deal with in this physical life, but he's talking spiritually. Because many times when you see snakes and scorpions in Scripture, it's referring to demons or Satan or evil principalities. And I've shared this story with you before, uh, and I don't want to scare you to not come on the property. I want you to come on the property. And I've only seen one snake on the property. And I was walking one day, and I was kind of looking at the wall, well, pumping wall. And uh, I, walked, I walked down this path that we have. And I turned around, and I, I was walking back. And for some reason, something, something, the Holy Spirit, we know something sometimes, right, had me stop. And I stopped, and I looked down, and I'm like, the grass was not very high. I look down, and I see like a snake. And I'm like, that looks like a snake. And I'm, I'm kind of looking around, and I'm going, where's his head? And I step back, and I look. His head, I was standing on his head. <laughs> and it was a cotton mouth. And we, we had just seen a program uh, like a week before, and it was on cottonmouth snakes. And, it's, and the guy said, now cottonmouth snakes do three things before they strike. And, you know, they're down there with the camera. And he said, the snake will kind of wiggle its tail a little bit. And then the next thing it will do, it will open its mouth. And if you've ever seen a cottonmouth, they're called cottonmouth because they have like a white mouth, right? white inside their mouth and then he's down there with the camera and he says and the third thing and the thing strikes and he says strike that they they only do two things before they strike <laughs> so anyway i'm standing there and this snake is just like he's got his mouth open and he's just looking at me so i go okay i know i have a cb antenna like a five foot cb antenna up there at the front of the property that got knocked off a truck and i just put it to the side I know that I've got a two by six. It's about 15 feet long. That wouldn't work. I can't handle that. So I'm about 100 yards from where that antenna is. I'm like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go get that antenna, and I'm going to come back, and I'm going to whack him. So I go, I go, I walk down there, and now I'm thinking, okay, is that snake still going to be there? Probably not, right? You would think he would be gone. So I'm kind of like a blind man with a, you know, one of those things. And so I'm walking along, and he's still there. He's stretched out in the same place. It's like he was held there. He, he, could, he was just stretched out. He's, he's got his mouth open. So I get beside him, and I whip him like a gangster with a baseball bat. I whip him with that, that antenna, and then I throw him over the fence. But I thought that was really reflective of us being able to crush the enemy's head. And it's like the Lord was giving me this example that I don't need to fear. And, and I, I got him with that, that, that uh, antenna, and I threw him over the fence, and we were done with it. But look what Jesus says. I've given you authority over all the power of the enemy, and you can walk among snakes and scorpions and crush them. Nothing will injure you. So... Okay, so here's a physical example of what, what happened, what God did for us. But in the spiritual realm, we should not be fearful. We can crush the enemy. 
We can crush snakes and scorpions. Nothing will injure you. But but don't rejoice because evil spirits obey you. He's telling these 72. Rejoice because your names are registered in heaven. Okay, so you have this power. And you see the power of God moving before you. But don't rejoice in that. Rejoice in the fact that you're going to spend eternity with me. That's even greater. Jesus not only has all authority, he is the ultimate authority on life. So not only does Jesus have all authority, but he is the authority on life. And so that's why we need to go to the Word. We, we need to say, okay, Jesus, how do I handle the situation? Because the Word says that he was tempted in every way that we are. Consider a person that is an authority on a subject. We say, okay, um, Tommy is an authority on Texas history. Now, that can be different than having authority, right? But he is an authority on Texas history. Every battle that took place in Texas, he can tell you about it. Every Indian tribe that was ever in Texas, he can tell you about how they migrated in and the, uh, uh, the, the different tribes, where they lived. And uh, he, can t- he can give you the background on every mission that was built in Texas. So we see that people have, are an authority well, Jesus not only has all authority, but he is the authority on life. He can tell us how to live the victorious life. If, you, if you've read John chapter 1, you know that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and everything was created by the Word. And then you read in verse 14, it says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Clearly talking about Jesus. So Jesus is the Word. He created everything. Everything was created by him and for him and through him. So do you think he's an authority on these things? And are we going to him and saying, Lord Jesus, can you help me in this situation? Do we follow his instructions? People may say, well, Jesus is my Lord and Savior. Well, I'm good with him being my Savior. Uh, Being my Lord, I'm not so sure. He's my Lord sometimes in certain situations or this part of my life. But is he really Lord of your life? (laughs) The word says that we are ambassadors of Christ. We're representing, we're representing the kingdom of God here on earth. We are his ambassadors. So are we acting like it? We don't have a sign on our back that says ambassador of Christ, but are are we living it in such a way that people say, ah, there's a Christian there? Not just in title. Because you can say the word Christian now, and it can mean who knows what it means. Are you a follower of Christ? Is he Lord of your life? Are you an ambassador of the kingdom of God? Or do you just have a a fake sign on your back that says, I'm a Christian, but you're not really because you don't live it? We're ambassadors of Christ. Walk and live in God's authority. You don't have to, you know, it says, the word says that, God has not given us a spirit of fear or timidity, but of power and love and a sound mind. You look at that scripture, fear is a spirit that gets projected onto us. Now, sometimes there's some healthy fear, right? When you're standing on the head of a snake, you might have a little bit of fear or trepidation, but you don't have to be fearful. You need to take authority. Don't live in fear. True authority 
is greater than power. Walk in the power that God has allocated to you with confidence. You have access to the Lord's mighty power. Walk in your God-given authority.